the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is SRN News, W262CP, Bayonet Point, WTBN, Pinellas Park. Portions of this hour have been pre-recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. You don't have to live a defeated life. If you are living a defeated life, it's because you're not applying what God says. God will give you his grace to live pleasing to him in a victory over sin. God still gives victory today. I want you to know that. It didn't end in Bible times. It is not just a historical story that has no relevancy to us. Today on Verse by Verse, we will continue our study of the life of David. Pastor Steve Kreloff, the teaching pastor at Lakeside Community Chapel, is leading us in a series of lessons that could change our lives as we follow the trail of faith blazed by a great man of God. Pastor Steve has been serving since 1981 at Lakeside, which is located in Clearwater, Florida, and these classes are an extension of his teaching ministry. If they have blessed you, please keep listening at the end of the program, and I'll let you know how you can help keep these classes coming. Now, if you are able to follow along in your own Bible, please turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17, and let's get started. So it's you doing it, but it's God giving you the desire and the strength to do what honors Him. That's how it works. It's not all of you. And it's not even all of God. It's a wonderful blend of a combination. He gives you the desire. He gives you the strength. He gives you the enablement. But you have the responsibility to do it. He's not going to do it for you. I hope that makes sense to you. Because this is the biblical balance between human responsibility and God's enabling grace. This is precisely what Paul meant in Ephesians chapter 6 when he said, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong, do what God wants you to do, but understand that it's God who's enabling you to do it. And don't worry about it. I mean, I've known people who don't want to to move out and do anything of obedience because they are afraid that they might be doing it in the flesh. I never concern myself with that. You want to obey, it's because God's put a desire and enablement in your heart to do it. You'll be paralyzed, you'll be crippled. Spiritually, wondering, is this of God or is it not? You don't see that in the Word. Just do it. When Paul uh, gave himself a black eye, so to speak, as he disciplined himself, he didn't say, I don't know if this is of the flesh or not. It's not of the flesh if you want to obey the Lord. God's given you the strength to do it. So don't just sit around waiting for God to, to fight your battles. That's the point. He's not going to fight your battles apart from you doing what you're supposed to do. The balance is also don't try to win it in sheer willpower without relying upon what the Word of God says and taking in the Word of God and wanting to honor the Lord. So in in light of David going forth to, to fight Goliath with a slingshot, there is another great truth about human responsibility that strikes me in, in the battle of life. You know what? David was prepared. As I read this, I see David was prepared. 
He was prepared for this battle. He knew how to use a slingshot. You realize that? He was proficient in this. All the hours he spent watching those silly sheep in the shepherd's field in, in Bethlehem, he was practicing. I mean, he was doing other things too. He was singing to the Lord. He was practicing playing those uh, musical instruments. But also, this was not kids' play. This is not kids' play. In fact, you don't need to turn there, but let me read to you from Judges chapter 20, verse 16. This was a weapon of war. By the way, this was not a little pebble. All you have to do is go to uh, the Holy Land and you will see huge stones. In fact, they're still throwing stones today at people. Judges chapter 20, verse 16, when there was a time when the tribe of Benjamin was fighting against all of Israel, and it says in verse 16, out of all these people, there were 700 choice men who were left, left-handed. Each one could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Those lefties knew how to do it. And uh, they were very, very proficient in this. And so this was a weapon of warfare. Now, what does David's proficiency with a sling say, say to us? It, it says this, be prepared for the battles that you'll face. Be prepared. Before you ever step into the arena with a giant, know beforehand what stones from the word of God you're going to throw. The Bible says take the sword and use the sword of the spirit. Well, let me reparaphrase that to say use the stones of, of the sling of the word and fling those stones. In other words, know the word of God well enough that you know what passages apply to various circumstances and sins and temptations. Do you know that? Do you know the word of God well enough? Do you know the scriptures like, like that so when the giants of, of let's say, self-pity hit you, you're able to come back with scripture? When the giants of anger and resentment attack you, you know what verses to fall back on. See, that's being prepared. That's our responsibility. God may bring it to your mind, but you've got to place that baby in your mind first. I love, I love the uh, Psalm 119, which speaks all about the, the Word of God. But the psalmist said in Psalm 119, listen, listen to this, and this cer certainly applies. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to thy word. With all my heart I've sought thee. Do not let me wander from thy commandments. So, so here he's battling. Young man is battling, facing the temptations of life. And then he says this. Thy word have I treasured or hid in my heart. That I might not sin against thee. What a great truth. What a great truth. Hide the word. Treasure it in your heart. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Then apply it in the battles of life. That's how a young man keeps himself pure. And that's how all of us slay the giants that threaten to overcome us. It is through the word. But you've got to be prepared. Because once you get into that arena with the giant, that's not the time to try to figure it out. A good general goes to, to battle having a plan. He doesn't get in the midst of the battle and say, I don't know, what do you think we ought to do? He would not be a general very long. He would not be a living general very long. We know that. So... Likewise, we don't get into spiritual battles and say, I don't know. What do you think we ought to do? Is there, is there a verse on this? Now, you may have to do that, but that's not the ideal. The ideal is to know beforehand so that you're not defeated at all. So triumphant faith is, first of all, it's motivated by God's honor. Do you want him to be honored? Is that why you want to slay a giant that threatens you? Number two, it is strengthened by past victories. 
you got to look in the past and say, thank you, God. And I believe that you are the same yesterday, today and forever. You can give me victory. And number three, it is balanced by human responsibility. You have a responsibility to be prepared and to do something in terms of fighting with the word. The fourth characteristic of triumphant faith is this. It is confidence in God's power. It has confidence in the power of God. If we go back to 1 Samuel 17, verse 41. Then the Philistine came out and approached David with the shield bearer in front of him. I don't know if he was that brave of a guy. The shield bearer was right in front. But when the Philistine looked and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy with a handsome appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine also said to David, come to me and I'll give your flesh to the birds of the sky and the beasts of the field. Well, what we've just read is this. When, when Goliath saw David, he despised him. He was insulted that Israel would send a mere boy to fight such a warrior as himself. Rather proud uh, approach. But what Goliath did not know, what, what he did not understand was that David was not fighting for Israel, really. Nor was he fighting for himself, but he was fighting on behalf of God. That was David's perspective. And God always wins his battles. Always. We read on verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands, and I'll strike you down, and I'll remove your head from you, and I'll give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines this day to the birds of the sky and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord does not deliver by sword or by spear. And here's the key. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. The key phrase is the battle is the Lord's. And what does that mean? It means that victory comes only by God, not weapons of warfare. You see, David's point was that he, he wasn't trusting in his weapons. He was not trusting in his slingshot, his stones. He was trusting in God because this was God's battle. And he was going to deliver Goliath into his hand. See, that's the balance of human responsibility. David didn't say, I'm not going to do anything, and God's going to do it all. But having had that sling and the stones, he understood that ultimately victory comes from God. God will use him, but victory comes from God. This is the same wonderful truth expressed in the Old Testament verse in Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but my, by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It's not us. Although we have responsibility, it is God who brings ultimate victory. Now, the bottom line is this. The bottom line is that David's trust was in the power of God. It's a great truth. He trusted the power of God. We often talk about the power of God, but sometimes we talk about it like it ended in biblical days. That God doesn't work like this anymore. That's not true. David had confidence in God's power to deliver Goliath into his hands. Not with a spear, not with a javelin, not with a sword, not with a sling. But God would do it. Now, you know what? The way to study the Bible is when you're, when you're studying a passage like this, you want to you note that uh, or ask yourself, is there any other place in the Bible that refers to David battling giants like this, defeating and, and, or, uh, and winning 
Yes, let's look at Hebrews chapter 11. You want to keep your place at 1 Samuel 17. But way in the end, towards the end of the New Testament, God mentions David again in terms of of a battle and victory. And Hebrews 11 gives us insight into David's victory over Goliath. It also gives us insight into our victory over giants. Hebrews 11, as most of you know, is called the faith chapter in the Bible. This is a chapter in which God defines for us the essence of faith. He also illustrates how faith works. And finally, he urges us to live this way. Hebrews 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. I want you to understand that what the writer is not saying is that if you just hope for something, it'll come out because you hope for it. That's not what he means at all. Some people think that faith is a blind leap in the dark. If I just believe it hard enough, it might come to, come to pass, kind of like, like making a wish. That's not what the writer is saying at all. What he is saying is this. The essence of faith is in the substance and assurance of unseen hopes, the hopes that God has revealed in his word. That is to say, the things we hope for are the promises that God has made in his word. Hope here is not used in the sense of, I hope it happens. Hope here is used in the sense of, I have great confidence and hope in the written word of God. The things that we hope for, the promises that God has made in his word. Faith is a hope so real that we would build our lives upon it. That's what he's saying. We have great confidence that what God has said will come to pass, even though we don't see it. These are the unseen realities. These are the things that we have a conviction about, the future realities, even though we have not seen them come to pass yet. In other words, faith is being so sure and certain about things that we can't see, but things that have been revealed in the word of God. Why? Because the word of God can be trusted. That's his point. That's his point. Faith always has a basis, and that basis is the word of God. The word of God. Then the writer gives a number of illustrations of Bible characters who trusted God in the midst of real difficulties. He mentions, for example, Noah, who never had seen rain, and yet he trusted God that there would be a downpour. He mentions Abraham, who just lived in one place all of his life, and God said, I'm going to give you another land. I want you to leave your family. And Abraham went out not even knowing where he was going. God didn't reveal to him right away, but he trusted God, that God would bring about his promise. And then there was Joseph, who in the land of Egypt said, when I die and you bring my bone, when I die, I want you to bring my bones back to uh, the land of Israel. What was he saying? I, even though we're here, the whole nation is here in Egypt, I know that God has promised us the land of Canaan. And uh, therefore, I believe him. So take my bones back there, bury it there, bury them there. And then he comes to David. And you may not realize that David is included here because a lot of emphasis isn't given on David. But in verses 32 through 34, we read this. The writer says, what more can I, shall I say? What more shall I say? For time will fail me if I tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, and Samuel and the prophets. Now, what did David do? And these other men who by faith, they conquered kingdoms, performed acts of righteousness, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword from weakness, were made strong, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. David lived by trust in God and his word. That's the whole point of this chapter. He trusted God and, and he slew Goliath by being confident that God would deliver him. 
Now, do you have that kind of confidence in God and his word? And you may wonder, well, what promises do I have? I mean, where does it say in the Bible that God's going to give me victory over every sinful giant that threatens to slay me and defeat me? Well, let me tell you, because you want to base victory on the word of God, not just because you want victory. First Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to give you a few verses that you need to uh, remember. You need to take to heart about God giving you victory. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. You have a promise from God. You need to treasure this in your heart. No temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. Now, either you believe that or not. Because some people say, I can't bear it anymore. Well, that's not true. If you're a believer, you can bear what God has allowed to and has sent into your life. But with the temptation will provide the way. It doesn't say a way. It's literally the way of escape also that you may be able to endure. What is the way of escape? The way of escape is to endure it. Go through it. Go through it and come out the other side and allow God's character development to take place in your life. As someone said, when when a friend of ours is going through a trial, we usually pray that God would give them grace and they would go through it and and become Christ-like. But when we're going through the trial, we say, Lord, get me out now. I don't want to be in the midst of this. Well, the way of escape is that. The way of escape is to say, Lord, have your perfect work of character development in my life. That's the way of escape. But this is a marvelous promise that God will not allow you to be tempted above what you're able to handle. You don't have to succumb to sin or temptation. Another verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul was given a tremendous revelation, and uh, God wanted to make sure that he wasn't lifted up with pride concerning all that he knew. And so he sent a thorn in his flesh, whatever that may be. Could have been a physical infirmity, could have been a person who just bothered Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. Because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations for this reason, to keep me from exalting myself, there was given me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan, uh, to buffet me, to keep me from exalting myself. Concerning this, I entreated the Lord three times that, he, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weakness that the power of Christ may dwell in me. A great truth is this. My grace is sufficient for you. As you're going through difficulties, as Satan attacks you, God's grace is sufficient. His grace is really sufficient. What does that mean? God gives you all the strength that you need to endure. His grace is sufficient. You have a promise of the word to fall back on. Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3. Once again, a marvelous promise. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. You've been given everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need to live a godly life is yours. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the word of God. You have a divine nature. You have God's encouragement. You have God's grace. Everything you need pertaining to life and godliness, you have. You have. You don't need any. You are, you are sufficient in Jesus Christ. See, you don't have to live a defeated life. If you are living a defeated life, it's because you're not applying what God says. God will give you his grace to live pleasing to him and a victory over sin. God still gives victory today. I want you to know that. It didn't end in Bible times. It is not just a historical story that has no relevancy to us. So how did it go for David 
as he confronted Goliath. Well, you, you know the story, but let's, let's read it anyway, because this is the gory part we've been waiting for. Verse 48, Then it happened when the Philistine rose and came and drew near to meet David, that David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine, and David put his hand in his bag, took from it a stone, and slung it, and, and struck the Philistine on his forehead, and the stone sank into his forehead so that he fell on his face to the ground. Thus David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him, but there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran and stood over the Philistine and took his sword and drew it out of its sheath and killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. And the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the valley and, and to the gates of uh, Ekron. And the slain Philistines lay along the way to uh, Sharim, even to Gath and Ekron. And the sons of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines and plundered their camps. Then David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his weapons in his tent. That's the story. That's how it is. Just as David defeated this giant, you can defeat yours, no matter what it is today, if you remember these key principles. Number one, make sure that your motivation is right. Make sure that it's right, that you want to honor the Lord with being victorious. Number two, let God strengthen you by reminding you how he's worked in your life in the past. You, you need to remember it. How has God worked in your life in the past? Brought you through a financial crisis? He can do it again. He's great. Number three, make sure you do your part in slaying the giant. Use the sling of the word properly. Get into the Bible. Know now what, your, what ammunition you have. If you don't know now, ask one of us. Ask one of the pastors, one of the staff people. Ask a Bible study leader. Look up some verses. Get it down. And finally, trust in the Lord to give you victory. Just believe him. It is always, and I say this dogmatically, it is always his will that you have victory over sin. Always his will that you have victory over sin. Temptation is not sin. Giving in to temptation is sin. But it is always his will that you have victory over sin. Ultimate victory over, over guilt and over sin comes through Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us. Uh, that was a battle we could never win ourselves. If we didn't have Jesus Christ, we'd all die and, and be in our sins and go to hell. But Jesus Christ died for each one of our sins, and therefore he has defeated the ultimate enemy, sin Satan and death. And I trust if you've never if you've never embraced Jesus Christ for forgiveness, then I invite you to come up after the service, speak to somebody who'll be right right over here, one of our leaders, and they'll talk to you. But let's bow for prayer now, as this is your your opportunity to um, respond in obedience, your opportunity to worship the Lord, your opportunity to get things straightened with him, to perhaps confess sin. Perhaps your motives have not been right. You're going through something, but you're thinking more about yourself than about God's honor. Perhaps you, uh, you really don't meditate on what he's done for you. And, and you're not thankful. You need to deal with that. Perhaps you have had the wrong approach to sanctification. And perhaps you have thought, well, I'll just pray about it. And you have really um, 
not obeyed God. And perhaps you, you have not really believed that God is all-powerful and that the battle is the Lord's and he'll bring you victory. Perhaps you, you haven't thought of God in terms of his strength today. You need to let the Lord deal with you now. We'll be quiet for a few minutes, a few moments, and then we'll close. Heavenly Father, thank you for the lessons you have preserved for us in your word. Help us to put into practice the wonderful principles we have learned from the life of your servant, David. Amen. Thank you for joining us today for Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff. Pastor Steve serves at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. These daily radio broadcasts are an extension of that ministry, produced by Verse by Verse Ministries. We are a faith ministry supported by the gifts and prayers of our listeners. If you would like to help support this ministry, or if you would like to listen to or download any of our previous programs, or if you'd like to learn more about Verse by Verse Ministries, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. That's versebyverseradio.org. If you would like to order a CD or a cassette with this entire two-part message, please call us at 727-239-0306. Leave your name and a phone number, and we'll call you back during regular office hours. The number again is 727-239-0306. There is no doubt that his victory over Goliath was a mountaintop experience for David. But quite often, after a major victory, our joy mysteriously... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.